Welcome all the listeners to another episode of Trials and Meditations. Trials and Meditations. It's your boy Red Dragon. Just inviting my people in. So let the stories begin. Let the stories begin. I'm only talking about the first when I'm talking my favorite gen. It's time to reminisce with two of my favorite men. Whether you're saying two or whether you're saying Tim, make sure you say it here with two of my brothers, Kim. Kim Wa, Kim Ness, other Bedaini guests. No matter where the convo goes, never finesse. Rituals was our gathering place. Escaping the battle of this world, chanting, that's why we call it a space embrace. This is a one of a kind podcast. Kings and Chiefs speaking, I'ma call it a Godcast. This is a movement. I'm glad that you're tuned in. First generation of family reunion. I'm all in on this reminiscing affair. And every word that I speak is like a fist in the air. Simple kick in the snare is all I need for my comrades. Time to lift off. Better get on your launch pads. It's savage and fast. Very far from average cats. Every memory is an actual fact. I ain't going to bar you to death. But I say it with my heart and my chest. I say recessing every part of my breath. S. Call it meditation and trials. I'm talking from state to state. There's dedication for miles. Meanwhile, it's a celebration of all of us. No matter where we go, we'll never forget the cause of us. Round of applause necessary. Mind and body grow, but the spirit is legendary. Minnesota, North Carolina, the home of the host. And if you leave it up to them, they'll be doing the most. And everybody that comes on, I listen to every word. Because it's probably a story that I never heard. Observe as I paint pictures. Evaluate the scriptures. Translated by mortal men who got it twisted what if egyptians never existed first generation would never be a tradition my tree of life grew from the concrete some of us didn't make it that forever haunts me tribes of ashanti lost in the atlantic maduna tear visions i'm wishing for ancient Kemet. present day living ain't a gift at all so many slip and fall can't predict the corona with several crystal balls evolution a man tell me we got through it cooler heads prevail while i'm spitting hot fluid energized by daily reminders to Breathe easy, out left, in right bondage. Let's bring it back to brother Farouk and brother Damon. Guarantee they'll be debating about some bacon every show. It might sound ridiculous, but these brothers about to take flight like Icarus. They're elevating the mind, refined and shine, divine dialogue, meditation and trials, moving the timeline along. The point of view with a guest is very important. Just remember you're being recorded. I get through my trials, through my trials, dedication. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of Trials and Meditation, Conversation of the First Generation, Y2K. I am your co-host, Damon S. Trent, and the S stands for Savage. And this is Kim Ness, a.k.a. The Better Kim, reporting live from the backwoods of North Carolina. Now, if you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, and if you have not already, we invite you to subscribe and support the show. That's right, and if you already subscribed, we appreciate you. Well, go ahead and leave us a comment or a review and let us know what you think of the show. Fats, what's goody, B? Everything is everything. Everything is everything. Well, you know what that sound means. It's the time of the show where we do something called Count on Kim. That's where I give you guys a weekly tip. Now, this segment is brought to you by the family over at Create Safe. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We have a special guest joining us. We got a special guest? We're going to let, we got a special guest. We got special guests. Special, hold on, hold on a second. We need the...
Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. That, that's right. We do have some special guests with us in the building today. We have. Now, this is actually the first time that we have had returning guests on the show. I just want to point that out. Right? And uh, we have two of my favorite people in the world. And two of the the official aficionados. Is that, a, is that an actual word? I don't know if that's an actual word. But we have two of the sports aficionados on the show with us today. We have my brother, Jamal K. Davis, and my brother, DJ Suress, on the show. Let's give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Davis. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you for coming back. Now, when we had you on the show, that was actually one of our, our better shows in, in the sense that it, it led to uh, relationship building, if that makes any sense. Yes, it definitely does. And, you know, I appreciate that I'm the one, you know, making history with Kim Y and Kim Ness as a return guest. I must have done something right, so I appreciate it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and, and just... So that people don't feel slighted, we have DJ Suress also making a return appearance. DJ Suress, are you there? He's he's around. He now, felt slighted already. He... <laughs> <laughs> now, now, fast. Before we get into the show, I was thinking about this because we did have Esun on the show. And Esun was dropping it. And, and he made me think, because I, I did say that DJ Suress was the Travis best of our circle. <laughs> I did say that. And uh, it got me thinking, right? Because uh, Issa, when we had him on there, he was dropping all the big words. And, and so I, I'm going to put this out there. Issa is like the, the T.I. of our circle, right? The T.I. <laughs> the T.I. of our circle, right? <laughs> then we got Brother Craig Morris, who was already dubbed the ODB of our circle. Right. Ooh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> and 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 I just want to throw some shade on myself because I would be actually known as the Reggie Noble of our circle. Did that make Reggie. any sense? <laughs> Reggie <laughs> but anyway, let's let's get into it today. Today, we're gonna be talking everything sports because it is that time of year when it's actually a crazy time of year, right? Because we got March Madness going on. Baseball is getting ready to get into gear. And it's doing all the uh, the off-season trades for, for the football. And it's the second half of the NBA season. So right now, sports is really in, in high gear. Can we agree to Full that? Full swing. Full That's swing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But because we have Mr. Davis, I want to talk about a story that broke here in Minnesota just this week. And I, I want you guys to stay with me for a second. Uh-huh. So we are the Golden Gophers here in Minnesota, the University of Minnesota. The, the Golden what? The Golden Gophers. Okay. And I would surmise that they haven't been good since Clem Haskins, right? And that was the whole Bobby Jackson thing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the head coach for the Golden Gophers until recently was Rick Pitino. And he was fired on Monday. And then on Tuesday, he got another job. Blasphemy. Now, I, I don't know how it really goes, but I don't know of any other coach, African-American or otherwise, 
that was fired one day and got a job the next day, right? So my question to the panel is this. Do you think that he got a job because of his name, or do you think he got a job because of what he can do as a head coach? Name. In all sports. In all sports. No. In all sports. That, well, wait, you said Minnesota. Rick Pitino coaches for Iona College. Yes, sir. His father. Right? Yeah, so so the right. dad is at Iona. Yes, sir. So I think that name is a big part of it. And when someone, unfortunately, gets fired and you have that kind of a name, yeah. I think that, you know, maybe you could say, oh, I was thinking it was the other Rick Patino. But, I mean, they went 14 and 15. They weren't very good. They weren't very but good. I, but I think that if you get that last name and that kind of coach becomes available, yeah, you take it. Yeah, you take it. I mean, and it's it's, it's crazy because – when he first came out here, they, you know, the, the U was sold. They was like, oh, we, yeah, we, we done did our job now. We done brought the big-name player. And then every year it became, well, you know, he didn't do this and he doesn't have that. And so I, I don't know. But it's just a it's just an interesting game. But Yeah, it is. I mean, New Mexico, I wouldn't necessarily say they're getting a great coach. but And I'm not going to act like I know what's going on at University of New Mexico, but I mean, if you look at this team, they were 10 and 15 in the conference and a bunch of players were just left the program. So if all of a sudden a coach like Richard Patino comes along, it's like, okay, we'll take him. You know, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, snap, a real coach is available? Okay, fine, we'll take him because they know that Richard Patino in some ways is well, I mean, I, I would say obviously he's on the outs and the team didn't do well, but you got to strike while the iron's hot mm-hmm. in the fact that if you're in New Mexico and you're like, shoot, let's just offer him the job now. If he takes it, then our job is done. We don't have to wait and, and go through a search, but also there's less colleges that maybe by the end of the season or who knows in the NCAA tournament, before the tournament's over, a bunch of other schools will let their coach go, and then they're all going after Richard Pitino. Right. That, that doesn't so, make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because after the tournament, I, I can see how a lot of coaches will be let go. Yeah. It's like underperforming. Let's grab them. But let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's move on to another coach, one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. We're going to stay in college basketball if that's okay. Patrick Ewing. You know Patrick Ewing? Yep. Oh, yeah. Very familiar with Patrick. And they just won the Big East tournament, which I thought was was Mm -hmm. big. And and I I found myself actually watching, like I I wanted to watch his games. And so Patrick Ewing talked about this. He talked about how he spent 15 years as an assistant in the NBA and he couldn't break through as a head coach in the NBA. And, And what he said was, and, and I don't know if this is true, and I, I just want to get you guys' opinion on this. 
people feel as though guards make better coaches than big men. Ooh. Go. Anyone? I'll go first every time if, if you don't want to go. So, All the time. <laughs> I will. Okay, let's take it like, just like in baseball, they say catchers are mm. the better coach. The quarterback, mm, I didn't, I've never really heard that, but I imagine someone who kind of has to see the whole field and is the coach on the field would be better. A point guard is kind of like the coach on the court. Agreed. So I, I see that. I would say that I don't necessarily, I don't 100% agree with that. I mean, if we look at the success of the coaches that are out there, that are right now, right? The big ones. Steve Kerr was a guard. Ty Lue was a guard. And I'm only thinking of the coaches that played in the NBA. Like, I can't even think of all of the coaches in the NBA to know that. Scott Brooks with the Wizards was a guard. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that as a point guard, you are asked to do more. You are running the offense. You know what everybody else is supposed to do. When you're the big man, what are you? You know, go post up. You want want the centerpiece of the offense. Now, nowadays, if you look at Nikola Jokic, I would say, oh, he could be a good head coach. The offense runs through him. Right. You know, maybe Giannis, because the offense, well, it doesn't really run through him. But I would say for the most part, yes the point guards are better positioned to be head coaches than the big men. I mean, heck, Patrick Ewing, they didn't even know he was a coach at Madison Square Garden. They're like, oh, you come in the business? Oh, let me right, check your pass. Like, oh, wait. Oh, you're the head coach? Oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. Yeah, let's still, let me check your pass. Uh, you sure you're supposed to be here? Like, so, no, I don't think a big man is hasn't been as successful. I mean, Bill Russell as a coach. I think he won two titles after he retired. But, you know, realistically, I'm not going to act like I know know every coach. But, no, I would say for the most part, probably, yeah, point guards are better suited to be the uh, head coaches. You know, I, I agree because it's like you said, that's the most cerebral position on the court, right? Like, when I was coming up, this guy in my park, he, he he pulled me to the side and he was like, oh, you want to play point guard? I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to play point guard. I, I like, I like you know, setting up everything. And so he, he said, so what does the point guard have to do on the court? I was like, oh, you know, the point guard, he just passes the ball to the other guys. He sets up the offense, you know, stuff like that. And, and the guy was like, no, that's not what he does. He does everything on the court. You got to play defense, rebound, score the basketball, steal the ball. You got to be the coach. I was like, for real, you got to do all of those things? And and so just this conversation led me to believe that, you know, point guards are better suited. However, right? Mm-hmm. However, there was this one point guard that I didn't think did so well. <laughs> Mark Jackson. No, I love Mark Jackson. Okay. I, I love Mark Jackson as a head coach. And, and it's, it's, I'm glad you brought up Mark Jackson because it seems that he's being blackballed right now. 
scenes. Yeah, see. They brought my man Stan Van Gundy back Stan <laughs> to coach Van- New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans. How many how many times can he not win? <laughs> uh, and I, I question if really if Mark Jackson wants to come back. I mean, TV is a much easier gig, and you make the same amount of money. Mm. I, I I would surmise that he does want to come back to coaching because he was really really good at it, like. I, I don't know, but because before before Mark Jackson, the Warriors yeah. were bad. Yeah, Gilbert Arenas days bad. Mike, check. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can hear you now. We can hear you now. Mike, right. check. Mike, there check. There we go. That's we, we need. We having uh, connection issues. We need a point guard to chime in. Okay. Mm. So that would make sense. That that would make sense. So we, we we're discussing. Uh, point guards versus big men as coaches. Okay. And give us this is all in light of you know Patrick Ewing's recent success here. So so give us your take on who's a better suited to be a coach, a point guard or a big man. All right. First, I want to say about Patrick. You know that was some straight BS about him getting accosted and <laughs> checked up in the garden. <laughs> All right, now we have to add Pat to that list of, you know, straight-up OD racism coming from the owner, Dolan, that we have with Oakley and with Spike Absolutely. Lee. So it's some straight nonsense going on. It makes it hard to support the Knicks and be a Knicks fan right now. Right, because even, even if they didn't know he was a coach, he still was a tall-ass dude coming <laughs> to the arena. Everybody you know, know who the heck Patrick Ewing is. In a suit. Don't that much different. And exactly. <laughs> He's mad tall. He's still seven feet. Right. Like he was just coming to watch the Wait, game. Right. He got yeah. on Georgetown gear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's can't, right. can't say coincidence. I said I was going to blame it on millennials. That it was just a that, bunch of young people that didn't know who Patrick Ewing is. Like they wouldn't know who Big Daddy is. Gen Zers. Right. Right. <laughs> Ain't no half stepping. They have all of the political correct statements, like, "Oh yeah, it was because of COVID protocols." <laughs> You're right. We ain't, we ain't gonna believe that. We we know what y'all doing. So I, I bet you, if if Dudley walked in the garden, he would get special treatment right. or better treatment than, uh, than Patrick Ewing right now. <laughs> but that that Dolan cat gotta go. He gotta go. Definitely, definitely, he's gotta. I mean, the Knicks are not really going to win anything until that. No, no. We, but, we're praying for the playoffs. We're we, we playing for that AFC. So this is this what happened recently. This is what happened recently, right? The Knicks lost to the Nets 117-112. to 112 Right. Amid some controversy, right? Yeah, but he did travel. He did, he travel. did travel. Yeah. He did, he did travel yeah, without question. He did. Yeah, you got, you got to drop he the ball before your feet too, hit the floor. Everybody know that. Everybody know that. Just let the ball, ball go, the and then, then, then you're good. But anyway, then after that, mm-hmm. then they lost to Philadelphia. I believe the score was uh, 99 to 95. Yeah, they blew it. They blew it. They had to lead the whole game and, and, this, and blew it at the end. And, and so this is what they're talking about now, that the Knicks are back after those two great losses. What kind of nonsense is that? Like, uh, are we sil- seriously celebrating mediocrity now in New York? Is that where we are? Well, they're still okay. overachieving. Yeah, you know, the Knicks was supposed to be some lottery team, so they are overachieving, but ain't nothing to celebrate. There's nothing to celebrate. 
no, no, they haven't done anything yet. Not, not at all. Not at all. Now, now that we have a, a full conversation here and a great panel here, I, I think we're going to talk about some other things, but uh, I just want to let the people know that we were having some technical difficulties and thanks uh, for sticking with us. Now, Jamoke Davis. Oh man. You know what? I just read this the other day that uh, Sean, y'all heard about Sean Bradley. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was terrifying, man. That's yeah. a damn shame, man. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, man. You cannot be too careful out there. No. I mean, just riding Literally the bike. Just riding the bike. A regular bike. Man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a tough one right there. That's yeah, crazy. my neighborhood, they don't have sidewalks. I'm like, shoot, you ain't going to get me out here. I'm going to be in my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know? That, that's one of the criteria for any city that I live in. If you don't have any sidewalks, I'm sorry. I yeah. can't even live in your city. I, I do. Nah, That's nah, why I yeah. get for moving to the suburbs. I can't call myself a city person anymore. <laughs> if, I, if I'm bike riding, I'm walking my bike to the park now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm riding in the park. Get that bike rack. Word. <laughs> now, you guys are funny. But listen, though, right? So the Wizards and the Knicks are both probably not going to win a championship this year. Right. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that here. But you're saying that the Knicks are moving in the right direction, right? Definitely. Are, Definitely. are, are we saying that the Wizards are moving in the right direction? No. I can't really say that. They Actually, the, I heard um, that the Wizards were trying to trade Bill anyway. You know, and I don't know. You can't say that getting rid of Wall made them better. But with the Wizards, are they a better team? I don't see that. Listen, I don't see that. If they trade team. Bradley Beal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all might as well just pack the season in. Just just pack this That's season in. Saying. And we'll start fresh next year because Bradley is their only real hooper. Like He, he, he looks like the only person that really – cares I, I don't know i mean well he's more consistent than anyone this is true that game but he's inconsistent he still develops his jump shot and he's a bit of a head case so i can't say they're going in the, in, in in the right direction one thing about westbrook he hasn't made a team better he hasn't yet. made a team better yet he hasn't made a team better yet and I also think mm-hmm. that yeah, what Bill needs to KD take, left OKC, he was in OKC. Yeah. They kind of went downhill from there. So he's not that much of a franchise player in terms of making teammates better. He's a great player. I don't want to take anything away from him. But you have to surround him with some all-stars you know, for him to get to that next level. So, yeah, Washington got some some issues, man. Because, I mean, when you think about it, right, okay, Bill is the leading scorer in the NBA. But, But the team overall is like, okay, I guess if you think about it with Harden, right, when how long has Harden been there since, what, 20 12, 2013, something like that. Right. And, and the Rockets have won 
over 50 games, one, two, three, four, five, like seven seasons. I think seven of those seasons or six of those seasons, they've won over 50 games. And points-wise, they're about the same. If you look at their record, when James Harden was averaging over the course of his time in Houston compared to Beal in Washington, I know it's only one season without Wall, but I guess last season you can think of it too, Beal's got to take his game to another level. And it's, can't, it's not just about scoring. Or you have to, it's almost like you got to say, okay, we're either not going to, we're going to trade Beal or we got to find a coach who's going to maximize the most of the, the most out of Beal and the team. Cause I don't see, I don't want to say Beal has empty points, but like their record does not reflect a player who's the leading scorer in the NBA at 14 and 25. I'm just like, okay, it's just empty points. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I. That's what I see, and and you. So you guys say it's either the coach or Bill. One of the two aren't getting it done, and I would say it's probably more so the coach at this point that you would maybe see a change. But you know, financially, maybe for Washington, it's like, yo, we we can't. We losing money. We're gonna have to make something up here. Mm. So let me ask a question. Mm-hmm. Comparing these these new millennial Gen Z players compared to, you know, players of our days and the teams of our days. To me, it seems like the players are not being developed the way they used to be. And I might be mistaken on that. Just from from what I see that, you know what I mean? It used to be a more well-rounded team. It wasn't just one superstar on the team. Like, every teammate you know had their role and contributed to the team so it's it's kind of like comparing it to the rap game to where you used to have an A&R that actually developed the, the artist versus the way that these guys just come out and they're fly by night artists and then they go away you know I, I think I think it's more of a, a mentality now right and, and in a sense that like when we were coming up you want you wanted to be the best, right? As opposed to playing on the best team, like you wanted your team to be to be the best, and whatever we had to do to make this team good, we was going to do it, right? These kids nowadays, they they play on super teams like from high school, like even before high school, like the AAU teams. They'll play with all of the best guys from different high schools, and they'll all play uh-huh. together and have these super teams, and so they want everything given to them. I, I, that's what it looks like to me, and and I don't I don't know, but because that's why we're seeing all these super teams in the NBA, and you know, like I'm gonna go play with this guys as opposed to building my own. I, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah, this is a different era of basketball, and I think it's hard to necessarily compare talent. I think every era has had, you know, a plethora of talent. But I think that leap into, quote-unquote, superstardom is it's kind of tighter these days. You know, like, you can go back to, let's say, the Jordan era 
and you had your whole, you had your superstars, right? You had Jordan, you had Elijah Wan, you had Patrick Ewing. I think what I find today is just there's a bunch of superstars, but position-wise, it's different. There is not the same amount of big men superstars that there were in our day. Like, for now, we can name maybe four, maybe three or four great big men in the league right now. Now, at the power forward position, you're good, but the center position has changed drastically. There is still a lot of talent, but, you know, even going back to Bill, he's not a superstar yet. He's an all-star. I'll give him that. But there's some things that he needs to do besides leading the league in scoring to take his game to to the next level. So, I mean, we know the game has changed. They got all of these people out there doing these analytics and they relying on a three-point shot so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's an adjustment. But the bottom line for me is that LeBron James will never be the GOAT. It's all about Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, okay. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing, though, right? Right. The other day I was thinking about how you think about the Lakers and the Celtics. How many championships have they each won? 17. hmm That means they had super teams, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, they Right? Did. They had super teams. They had the best of the best playing together. Now, I know you, okay, so maybe, well, some of that was from the draft. I'm not going to act like I understand the history of, like, back in the day with Tommy Heinsohn, ah, you know, back with the Celtics. Like, no, I don't know that. But I will say that in many ways, it's no, there, it isn't 100% different. They were, they were super teams back then as well. But I think with social media, the way we look at teams, we are now at the point where we're on the cusp of, you know, you remember like back in the day, we're like now we say back in the day. Oh, it wasn't like it was back (laughs) in my day. Like, no, it was. Look at the teams that Bill Russell played on. Look at when... And it was a trade that brought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to the Magic with Magic Johnson right. and James Worthy. That was a super team. Michael Def- Cooper. Definitely. Right? Jamoke, I'm glad you brought that up because that was really a super team, bro. Like, you right. Guys so, to have so the Worthy. Nets are just a new super team. That's it. Uh, but see, the thing, though, right? So I, I think that people look at it differently because of how that team was built, right? So – and specifically the Lakers because they drafted Magic and Worthy, right? Yeah. And then they went out yep. and traded for Kareem as opposed to these new Nets. They didn't draft any of those players. They all just decided to kind of meet up. And and I don't know that it's fair to, to the young players because, like you said, it it already happened before. Like, we, we've we seen the Super Team movie before. Mm-hmm. Right. They They couldn't huddle up back then and create a Super Team like they could do nowadays. Right. right. But they did – some GMs were good at their jobs and created some teams because I, I'll tell you what, though. And and I don't care how it sounds. I hated the Celtics, right? 
<laughs> those those Larry Bird Celtics because I, I always felt like they were the white team in the league, and you know the the, the at the time the, the Magic Johnson led Lakers were the black team in the, in the league, right? But if yeah. you, if you look at that Celtic team, those guys could really ball, like uh, like really a lot. Like Kevin McHale was probably one of the greatest power forwards of the '80s. And and I would even say that he was one of the greatest power forwards ever because he was, he had a, a plethora of moves. Yep. And ironically, he's a graduate of the Golden Gophers. You see how that works out? <laughs> <laughs> bring, it, bring it back all full circle. But what we're going to do right here, fellas, is we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to listen to what our sponsor has got to say, and we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. We're still here chopping it up with, well, we have Mr. Jamoke Davis and DJ Suress on the show. And just to reiterate to the listeners, we didn't go out and find sports experts. We have sports experts in our circle. So this is Jamoke Davis, a.k.a. Satarim Maneb, and uh, <laughs> DJ Suress, DJ Suressnek Hwadu. And the belt. In the building, in the building. So we're going to pick up our, our, our talk about uh, sports here. And and what we're going to talk about now is is college players and people benefiting off of their likeness and not being able to benefit off their own likeness, right? So do you guys think that college players should be paid, number one, and number two, do you think that they should benefit from their achievements? Well, I guess I'll start by saying a resounding, all caps, bold print, hell yeah. All college players, especially all college course, athletes. Yes, the athletes. I'm talking across the board who are bringing billions of dollars these schools should be compensated and this is I think one of the the biggest highway robberies Mm. of the century it was a good plan you know that the good old boys huddled up and and said yeah we're going to give them an education and anything else is outlawed and you have them filling up all of these stadiums across the board. We're talking football, we're talking basketball, but we're talking other sports too, and we're talking, of course, both genders, where they are making a, a ton of money off of off of these players' talent. So they need to be compensated, whether it be through endorsements, and they need to also be able to share in the revenue. They need a percentage of the rev- revenue. And I think that way there will be more of an incentive for um, these athletes to stay in school because we know the most talented athletes come in and it's one and done and they off to the pros or they skip in college altogether because of these rules. So the rules are extremely outdated. They never should have happened in the first place. So I am all for, you know, these athletes being compensated. Now, so go ahead. So have you ever thought of like what that would look like? Like 
you know, because you have different levels of athletes, you know what I mean? You have a golf athlete, you know, versus a, you know, a quarterback for a national football team. Like, how would that look? How would it be equal pay? You understand what I'm saying? Like, that is also something that you would have to think about. That's an excellent question. And I don't think that that there should be equal pay. Mm. I think you have to look at not only uh, the sport, but the they have to open up their books, right? Each mm. school has a specific amount of revenue that they generate with okay. their athletic program. Okay. Okay. So you have to look at how much revenue is the basketball program generating? How much revenue is the football program generating? And the football players should get a share in the revenue that that football program is generating. Okay. I don't know if they need to make it equal but or there needs to be a hierarchy based on your position or your, you know, ability with the team, how much playing time you get. They can look at those kinds of things. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not saying the kicker should get as much as the quarterback, mm-hmm. but I think it should go based on not only your sport, but the revenue that the school is getting from their athletics in general. So yeah, it's going to. I don't think it should be the same across the board. So but then would it would it be equal to to someone like professional sports where they would have to have an agent and negotiate their their pay and stuff? You know what I mean? Like I think it. You kind of go down a rabbit hole. Not saying that I don't think that they should be paid, but I think there's a lot of moving parts with with athlete college athletes getting paid. I think that is what you said, Kevin. That's because I think those moving parts is really what the holdup is, right? Because we, we all have to agree that universities, like Fess said, make billions of dollars, right? Like, I, I didn't know this. I, if, so I'm Ohio State, right? And I play in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, and then I make it to the championship game, Right? Mm-hmm. Because I make it to the championship game, all of these endorsements, my school gets, and I don't know if this is the number, but let's just say fifty million, right? Now mm-hmm. I'm the University of Minnesota. I didn't make it anywhere close to the a championship game, but I'm a big. Right, and you don't have no TV deals or nothing. But listen though, I'm a Big Ten school, and I get some of that money as well. Just just because I play in the same conference with this school. I, I get money for that. So it's like the amount of money that's generated. Like, I don't even think we could really fathom the amount of money that it is because it's got to be a lot, right? I think that the players should be offered a stipend because at the end of the day, they're still all student athletes. And and I, and I disagree with Fess in the sense that your level of play will determine how much you get, right? I believe that your grade level will determine how much you get. And and it's going to because it's, it's not going to be fair no matter how it's sliced, right? If it's right. your level of play determines how much you get, the better athletes are going to get more. Then if it's your grade level, then the smarter students are going to get more. Right? Ooh, that's controversial. That's, Whoa. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that makes it really difficult is I agree like 
it's going to take the NCA and the schools to open up their books, which you know none of them want to do. Right. None of them will ever want to do. So then you're talking about, okay, are the players going to come up with some kind of a union? Mm-hmm. And then you got to, then in my mind, you add the fact that in most cases it's football, sometimes it's basketball, are paying for all of these other sports that are non-revenue generated. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so then you're like, well, should all athletes make money or just, the top program going all the way back to Ed O'Bannon who started this with UCLA. Like, yo, you got paid me. Like, it's just too difficult, I think, to do it where it's it's a, a system that will be fair across the board. I just don't think it will ever be fair. You know, and so what would be best is to just say that there is some kind of a stipend across the board for all athletes, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. It seems like too little to be like, I don't know, 250 a week, 500 a week, a thousand a week, whatever it is across the board for all student athletes who are playing. I mean, because a lot of these schools, you know, they have the top practice facilities. They don't have to pay for food. They don't have to pay for their tuition if they're on scholarship. So there are a lot of benefits that you get from this. Right. But outside of this stipend that should be in place, then it should be just like in the NBA, there's a thing called BRI, basketball related income. Well, in college, there should be a, if you are Kate Cunningham at Oklahoma State, then if your jersey sells in a store, you get a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. Whatever the TV rights deal is, you get a small percentage of that. Whether that is, okay, let's say all of the students, athletes on the team, you know, you get 10%, you get 7%, you get 3%. It's going to be complicated. It's going to need right. some analytics person to really be able to break it down to what each player should get. But realistically, if you think about a school that has like a bowling team uh-huh. and archery or whatever else, where it's like, yeah. yo, y'all just playing sports. <laughs> right. That's the, we're losing money. Same amount as the football program in my right. opinion. And then what what about outside endorsements uh, yeah. for those star players? should they be allowed to take outside endorsement money? I think that may actually be the simplest form mm. because then the school is out of it. Right. And it goes back to how it was back in the day, right? The top player, oh, yeah, you know, come get this job at the local dealership. You ain't right. got to do no work. You get your money. Just let it go. And then mm. the schools don't have to worry about it. And realistically, for better or for worse, is the system actually you brought you brought up because that's that you you probably have the best system just let them get paid on the outside when i was in college okay yeah i played tennis at coppin state but i knew other athletes that had a job right right that other people kids on campus okay yeah i got a job i got a job to help me pay for school right yeah, i know what their salary was exactly. right nobody knew what their salary was you, you know you may get ten dollars here at this job you may get seven dollars an hour here at this job you may get twenty dollars an hour but the bottom line is just like yo if it's on the outside then that's less at the ncaa 
has to deal with. Okay, fine, there's boosters. The boosters are still there anyway. The boosters are still right. in the AAU circuit. Right. Come on. Yeah. You know, I find yeah, it's it interesting. A, it's a definitely, yeah, yeah. It's a complex topic. It really is. It really is, but I, I find it interesting uh, that because we all just kind of glossed over it. Uh, that yeah, you, I, you, you just mentioned that you went to Coppin State. Yeah, you, you did go yeah. to Coppin State, and for anybody, they should have been in the tournament. They should be playing basketball right now as we're recording this. I gotta watch Norfolk State. <laughs> Tell them where you at, son. But listen though, because Coppin State was the best team, coached by my man Juan Dixon, who used to be on the Washington Wizards and won the NCAA championship with University of Maryland. He did. Come he on, did. he did. And yeah. and and listen, I want to give a shout out to Juan Dixon because I love Juan Dixon. He had yeah. one of the best college crossovers ever. It I got a great story league. about Juan Dixon. We're gonna I get can't it to, share. Hold on, we got. Oh, you can't share it, so don't don't even worry about it. But listen, this is what I want to talk about because everybody that doesn't know. And Jamoka, you can back me up on this. Mm-hmm. Coppin State, like you know how you have these old great college campuses, and oh yeah, my college has uh, four buildings and lawns and all of that good stuff, right? Coppin State is not one of those schools. No, Coppin State is in the middle of the hood. Is that is that absolutely correct? Yeah, it was like being on the set of The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Where I, my my path to drive to campus was like, okay, yep, we doing this. I wasn't worried. I know some other people might have been worried, but coming from DC, I'm like, we're good, right? You know, like, neighborhood. Okay. I walked to Mondawmin Mall. I don't even know if Mondawmin Mall is still there. I'm it, just it's like, still okay, there. whatever. It's still there. It's still there. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, this copping. What? Yeah, I Coach remember. Frank Mitchell, man. What are you talking about, Larry Stewart? Was playing on the bullets. I was like, "Yeah, we got an NBA player." I remember when they showed nothing. me that was Coppin right there. I said, "That's not Coppin." I said, "That's a hospital." He said, "No, no that's yeah, Coppin State that's right Coppin. there." Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I was hosting my own video soul on campus. Oh, Nobody wow. was watching. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. Tribe Call Quest came for a concert. That oh, was wow. the best. Yeah. No, Coppin was pretty cool. It was uh, like I said, it's right in the middle of the hood. I didn't. I didn't attend Coppin. I knew some people that attended Coppin. Or... You drove through fast. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, were, we were just on the other side of, of everything happening over there, as it would be. But listen, though, we got the, the tournament happening right now, right? And and by the time this, this, this airs, yeah. we'll, we'll be through uh, the first weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So... And Jamoka, you mentioned Cade Cunningham. Now, are you are you familiar with Jalen Suggs as well? Yeah. Anybody else on the panel familiar with Jalen Suggs? No. 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 Okay, Jalen Suggs. So he's not the Cade Cunningham is the number one prospect for the NBA for this year for Oklahoma State, right? Mm-hmm. And Jalen Suggs is the point guard on the number one team in the league or in, in college. So let me ask you this question. I, I, I don't see that happening. I heard John Thompson say this, and, and, I, and I, I love Coach John Thompson, without question. He said that the international player, and this was probably like 15 years ago when he said this. He said that the international player is the new black player. How do we feel about that? I can see why he would say that. Because 
I mean, you know, even going back to Dirk and the international players that came in around that time, they were hyped, you know, but they earned it. Don't get me wrong. The Euro step is, is something that kind of revolutionized the NBA. Definitely. And, you know, they improved their play internationally to where <laughs> the NBA was like, all right, we can't send college players anymore. We got to send our professionals. Y'all getting nice. So, you know, they earn the hype that they're receiving. Is it, Are there some cases where they're overhyped? Uh, yeah. But, you know, the same way black players came in and literally took over the league, I don't see that happening with international players, but mm. there are some stars that I don't see them overtaking the talent of the black players. And I really don't. But, I mean, come on now. Kobe Bryant, you could say, is an international player. He grew up in Italy. Mm, so we would, you know? would we say Kobe is an international player? Mm-hmm. But I would. You, I said you could say. You could, yeah. You could say that. You know, so I don't want to take anything away from their talent, but will they overstep the the impact of black players in the league? No, I don't see that happening. You know, they're great. They're great hype right now. I can't even think of his name on Dallas. What's his name? You know, Luca. I'm glad you brought yeah. him up. Yeah, Luca. He's a great player. No, he's a really... great passer. Okay, but. <laughs> Well, I don't I would see say him this. doing things that Larry Bird was doing yet. I would, I would say oh, some homegrown players. Mm-hmm. In the in the way that you say that, you know, the mixed player is taking over the league. I say these players now, and no disrespect to the you know the light skinned brothers, but they play a little light skin. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Is, they, are they, you saying soft? <laughs> they play a little fragile. They play a little fragile. Like they don't they don't play like Anthony Mason anymore. You know what I mean? That's, 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 I'm Mason. glad you brought that up, Speedy. I really they, am. They they do play a little fragile. Like nobody Why you wants say to about get... the light skin brothers. <laughs> Why you gotta say that? You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Come on now. Come on, man. Look, Steph Curry doing his thing. The chef. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's about the toughest. <laughs> now, I, for real, though, I think the international player, everybody's looking for the international player. Funny thing is, I think from a business standpoint, just as much as a basketball standpoint, you're tapping into another market yes. that you can, you know, take over to that country. You make some money, you get some people from that nationality that want to come see their player. And obviously from Washington, there were a bunch of players from different countries, Poland right now uh, with Martin Gortat, Nene. We went down to Brazil for a game. Mm. You know, now you got Rui Hachimura yes. who was, you know, from Japan. And like, they were all like, Oh, Japanese player. Uh, he's half black or Jamaican, I believe what some, right. Right. So it's like, uh, he's not all Japanese, but I understand from a business standpoint that that is something you think about. But if you look at a player like Luca, he also has been playing professional basketball player, 
have been a professional basketball player playing for Barcelona since he was like, what, 15? Right, right. Right? I mean, like, dang. So, yeah, Yeah. why wouldn't you draft a player who's been playing against grown men? Not in college where you play with everybody on your level. No, at 16, you're Mm -hmm. playing against somebody who's 34, 35, and you're banging. You're trying to make a name for yourself. So I think that goes into also why you want to draft an international player. As far as a race thing, I think that's more about where we are as a country. This has been a melting pot. They've been saying that since the first, you know, first came over here. They've been saying we're a melting pot. Mm-hmm. And now it's just evolving more that, you know, there's a lot of inter racial marriages that's where i think that comes from more so than that's the new player so for me i just don't think i just don't think of it like that that i can't imagine that race plays that much into it as much as our 44th president mm-hmm. president barack obama was mm-hmm. from a mixed family that's right. where we are today in this culture you're going to have a lot more of that where as people are not saying, oh, I can only marry into my race, you're getting more people that are open to it. And, th- and that's what's happening. Facts. That's what's up. It is an evolving uh, world that we live in. Like, you know. I'm- yeah, I still got to get a 44 t shirt, one of those jersey t shirts they made. I was like, I'll get one. Dang, eight years, I never got one. Oh, wow. But listen, though, we've been talking sports, and some of our, our listeners on here are not sports equipped at all, right? So what we're going to have mm-hmm. to do right now is we're going to have to bring it back to spiritual culture just for a second so that they know what we know what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I want you guys to go and tell me, if you would, what were the top five names in the society when we were coming up? The top five names? You mean like well funny known names or names? The, the, the best, the names that you thought were the best. Like, and and I'll start oh, you guys uh, off, and I say this every time we have this conversation. So if you let me tell it, the name that I think is the best, well, I, I got a few for you. I'm, I'm gonna give you three right now because this is what I can think of right now. So we'll limit it to three. We'll just say three. All right, you guys ready? I'm, I'm, okay. I'm gonna give you my three. Takasha Ketab Swa was the best. Ooh, dang. Okay, ding, ding, ding. That's number one. Um, Auction Sue was uh, was a good name, in my opinion. And okay. M. Samut. Those are my top three right there. Okay, so you're talking about our group, first G, yes, first sir. generation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It could be Moots mm-hmm. and the Tefts, too, but, you know, those those are the three that I like. So, and I'll I'll give you an explanation why you guys think. I'm just really giving you guys more time to think. So Takasha, I love Takasha's because her name was Kasha, and Takasha's yeah, that's crazy. Auction mm-hmm. Sue, I like Auction Sue and Emsa Moot for the same reason. They got the one word name, right? Like, <laughs> it's no Auction Sue, Maneb Hete Poo, none of that. Right. No mm-hmm. So their right, names straight are short, to the straight to the point, straight to the point. So that's why I like their names. And this is really my personal favorite. And I, I don't care, Sinful, you're going to start hating me because I talk about it all the time, right? But Sinful Web, Menhawk, Keperu. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who thought of the um, the rhythmic rhyming. 
the rhyming. Yeah, that's, but yeah, that 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 flows. That, that flows. That does flow. That's why I like Simple Web. But what he told me was that uh, I'll be adding the extra rue in there. So, Simple, that rue is going to stay in there, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. It's kept that rue on. Yeah, we, we do say caperon. They're the caperons. We are the caperons. So, so, um, so no names? Yeah. No no names for anyone? That's tough. That's tough? I like... Big butts. Because I, I have to separate the name from the person. That's not easy mm, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. But I like Sashuay. I like mm, that name. Okay. Yeah. You know, that was one of my tops. I'm going to put that in there. It's interesting how all these female names are coming up, too. Yeah. Marie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marie. Now, now it's interesting because you know that there's a, a Marie for us. Yeah. Right, and it's new school. And there's a new school <laughs> yeah, Marie, yeah. which, is, which is rather interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like my brother's name, S.A., but I know that that's kind of, <laughs> but I know that's kind of like too easy to say. I can't even remember most of the names, for real. Not a problem. And now, uh, yeah, we got to uh, get up together so we, we can actually spend some time with S.A. Because, watch this, Suresh, do you know S.A.? I don't know. No. That's exactly I... my point. That's that's the point that I'm making right there, because yeah. we, we got to get. We I gotta, always thought I thought I always thought a man was a kind of dope name. Ah, man is a dope name too. It is, it is, and I, and I think that's that's all for our men too. Yeah, we got new school. Our men, my brother. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I forgot about our men, Stoney, the 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 musical genius, as it would be. All right, all right. Before we let y'all get out of here, right. Okay. Please share something with us. Fast. Where, where, where you want to go with this? You want to go retreat related? You want to go? A retreat story is always good. A retreat story is always good. I got a retreat story. Okay. I got a retreat okay. Story. Here we go. I don't know if I told this on the the last podcast. Don't incriminate nobody. I got a couple. No, I would only incriminate myself. <laughs> but I want to talk about how, and y'all have to remember this, we used to play tag at the retreat. And when we played tag, whoever was it, everyone chanted their name, right? But you're not chanting their actual name you're chanting a tease of their name, okay? So I don't know about y'all, but when I was it, the chant was serious neck, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, you don't forget what they they was calling you. Serious neck, serious neck, serious neck. That was what they chanted. Listen, listen. Well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite tag chants was the one for Anensa because the chant was S Anensa. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to point this out. Like, we were some of the silliest kids in the world. Like, yeah, we were creative. Where did we, we get creative. that from? Like, seriously? <laughs> Right. This is this is one of my favorites. This is not a name. Ah, she's not gonna be very excited about this. But this was one of my favorite. <laughs> this was one of my favorite ones. Right. 
and I'll probably cut this part out of the show, right? But uh, Takeste, trust them. That, that, that was it what? for me. Takeste. <laughs> Takeste. You remember Takeste, Jamoke? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just... I'm definitely cut this part out, but she was just. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, you can't cut it out. Why are you going to cut it out? Because <laughs> uh, you're not supposed to say names. I wasn't supposed to say names, but that was, that was oh. one of my favorite drums right there. All right, so give, give your retreat story. Who, me? Me? Yeah, anybody. Mm, Man. Good retreat story. I, I'll give mine. Please do. So there was one year. And this was an urban myth or an urban legend or whatever. So I remember we used to have the bonfires and, you know, they used to have the rituals that, that went very late on the ball field. And I don't remember, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was an urban myth that the Shechem levitated. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember that. And I, every time I go, we used to go to the retreat, I always thought about, like, you know, halfway seeing it and not being true or if it was true or not true. But, you know. That's interesting. So, so speaking speaking of rituals, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if this happens to you guys, but this will happen to me. I'll just be doing something random. And then, poop, a channel just pop into my head, Right. So I was I was scrambling some eggs the other day, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and this popped into my head. I don't even know where it came from. Oh, say dibbity wibbity bo. Y'all remember that one? No, uh, no, yeah, that, that was a taboo. That was a taboo. We weren't even allowed. <laughs> I say, yo, where did that come from? We weren't allowed to experience that. Too. Right, right, right. <laughs> Once we got past the age of eight, <laughs> we didn't witness anything on the old stage of any women before. I don't even know where that came from. That just, just popped in my head right there. But listen, fellas. We can... You was about to get somebody pregnant. That was a real intense ritual with that hand. No, no. No, no pregnancies over here. Right. You'll be like Daruba. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh I'm gonna leave that one alone. But listen though, yeah. before we let y'all get out of here, last week on the show, brother Akintunde brought up a good point. Right? Okay. And this is what we always say this. We always say that no matter how long it's been since we haven't seen each other, when we get back together it's like we never left. Again, facts. Facts. Yeah. And what Brother Tunde said on the show last week was that although that's a good thing, right, he's seeing how it's not such a good thing in the sense that because we can pick up at any time, right, we don't put in the effort needed to cultivate relationships. And I want to get your, your take on that. Because I thought that was uh, extremely powerful and something that I never thought about until Brother Tunde had said that. I mean, 
it's a great point. You know, I think it's something that we don't do enough of in terms of keeping up with each other and keeping the lines of communication open because in this day and age also with social media and all of that, we just keep up on social media. Like, oh yeah, I, I click like on that. <laughs> that right, right. <laughs> you know, and we have to understand that it's not the same. And yes, we could pick up from where we left off, but at the same time, there's a couple of people where I got to be like, oh, what's their name again? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, God, I don't even want to get embarrassed. Let me ask, yo, come on, what's my name over here? What's my name again? So we don't want to get to that point. That's so true. I like that we did do, you know, a couple of reunions. And, you know, even if we can't do that as often as we like, I think we should create a platform. I like the the first generation group on Facebook. You know, that's one way where we can make sure that we're keeping up with each other. You know, especially when people have kids, because there's so many, you know, you know, new offspring that you know we need to know about. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying we need to know what's going on with each other. So yeah, I think we can do better in that department. I think I I think that we can do better, and I would say an easy way to do better. And Kimwa, you you are the connector here, whether you want to be or not. For real, we should do a Zoom. That's a good one, right there. You know what I'm saying? Get a bunch of people up on there. Let us see each other. Let's just rock out. You know, just have a good time and talk and catch up and. You know, heck, my father-in-law, every day since the pandemic started, every Sunday, 10 to 1, about 20, 30 people just Mm. get on a Zoom. If you want to join, you join. If you can't join, you can't join. Maybe that's too much for everybody to do that much. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Just be like, yo, just start spreading the word. Yo, we're going to be on. That's a great idea. That was a great idea. I mean, what what I kind of took from, you know, what he said was it's kind of like, you know, when we talked about the reason why we, you know, even started First Generation was because we only, you know, when we started getting back together as adults and seeing each other, it was only at funerals. Yeah. And Uh that's where First Generation, the group kind of, you know, sprung out of us because we were seeing each other at, 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 you know, the bad times, you know what I mean? And what I took from it was kind of like, you know, not taking each other for granted, you know, even kind of like your family, you know what I mean? You always think they're going to be there until they're not, Mm. you know what I mean? Uh And, you know, you definitely want to, you know, remember people or not even remember people, but just like we always say, give people flowers while they're alive. And, and, you know, because once somebody's gone, then, you know, you can't, you can't do that. So it's, it was really just not taking each other for granted. You know, this special bond, the special relationship that, you know, our parents created for us and, and not letting it go to vain. You know what I mean? Really, really keeping up with it. Even like, you know, how they used to do in Brooklyn, how they used to have the, the, the Brooklyn Queens picnics every, every year. 
You know what I mean? Just something that that, that connects us. But I, I really like the Zoom calls in this day and age of social media. I think that's something that'll work. You set a time, you know, once a month on the first Sunday of the month, you just, you know, plan the Zoom call. If you can jump on, you can jump on. If you can't jump on one month, you jump on the next month. You know what I mean? I think that's something that'll really, you know, keep us a little bit connected more. Yeah. Well, Jim, yeah. Okay, you know what we're going to do? What? We're going to take your idea and we're going to run with it, bro. Fact. Okay, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're, gonna, we're definitely going to set something up because I'm sure that a lot of us want to see a lot of us. And and, and I, I'll, I'll play the connector. We, uh, you are. You ain't got no choice. You, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You ain't got no choice. <laughs> I, I do often talk about how I, I can go through all the ages in our, in our circle here. And so uh, I'm going to put something yeah. together. And we definitely gonna have something for us to um, to get together on the Zoom, but oh, twenty twenty two, we definitely gonna have to work up to something in the physical. Oh yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But even for Zoom, Kimwa, yes sir, you're the one with all the photos too, so you're gonna have to do a little slideshow up in the Zoom. Yep. You, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I, you know who also has a lot of good photos too, and he. Kamaka Lewis. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Kamaka got more. Yeah. Kamaka Lewis. Yeah, he, he went to his, his um in his pop storage. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's cheating. He's cheating. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> or, or or just ask people to submit photos. You know what I mean? Ask people to scan a photo in. Because I know yeah. it's not just you know it's other people that had photos of everybody. You know what I mean? From everybody's point of view. You don't want to just have pictures from. One person's point of view. Everybody just submit any photos they have. Yeah, yeah we create yep. we create like a a, a a photo page or something. Right, and, and yeah, we're gonna actually right. uh, do what Tunde was talking about too. That the calendar for all for all our ancestors too. I think that's gonna be super dope too. That's gonna be really powerful yeah, to put that out. Yeah, yes, for real. But listen though, Jamoke Davis, DJ Sports, yeah. we want to thank you guys yeah. for coming on and spending some time with us and chopping it up. Uh, I really love this. What I really loved about this podcast was not only how knowledgeable you guys were, because you guys were very knowledgeable, but I really like the camaraderie, how we could just build on different topics and just keep it going. And so, you know, the people could really get a sense of who we are as a, as a unit, you know, like our relationship with each other. And so I just want to, again, uh, extend my appreciation for you guys coming on. Give you guys a a big up. Yeah, thanks, man. Good thanks for real, man. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to the next one. Oh, definitely, definitely. And then, and Jamoke, I'm really looking forward to hearing some stuff that you guys got going on with the uh, with, with KPI or whatever, how that's going to work out. I'm, I'm hopeful that that really takes off into something. I think that's cool. so awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show. That's right, that's right. Good people. We'll see you guys next time. Safe it up. And remember, don't remember crossover and don't sell out. Listen, no, that's my line. Yo, you the meditator, marinate guy. I, I'm, the, I'm the don't cross, <laughs> crossover, but don't sell out. Now, we catch you guys next week. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Peace. All right, so Peace. 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 Thank you.